Have you ever looked around your house and ever wanted to just burn it all down because of the overwhelming amount of stuff you have? Yet also seconds later you find yourself stress eating because you don't know how you're gonna pay for all your bills this month and afford the road trip you're planning to take without going into debt? If that's you, stay tuned for this episode. Welcome to the WalletWin Podcast. Each week we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. It's kind of an ironic um, reality that a lot of people can relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like you're overwhelmed and living amongst tons and tons of stuff, but also feeling financially pinched or stressed. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, back in when we first started getting out of debt and getting our finances in order years ago, we had a move that basically forced us to say, okay, do we want to move all this stuff four states away and just continue to carry the clutter around? Or do we want to use this as an opportunity to just cash in and turn all this clutter into something that's actually going to get us towards our goals financially? And we also then don't have to pay to move it et cetera, et cetera. And we chose at that time to leverage the clutter to turn it into cash to get towards our goals. And I think summertime, um, that's when it happened for us. It's just a perfect opportunity for so many people to take advantage of that because you're right, there's garage sales, there's warmer weather. And it's also a time when you're in between the school year and you're reevaluating, like, do your kids need all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um do you need 40 spoons in your drawer? <laughs> Whatever it is. And so, Sarah, thank you for being here with us. I think that um, a lot of people are ready to have this conversation. They want to simplify their life and they want to create more cash flow. So let's chat about how folks can strategically use the summertime to turn that clutter into cash. Well, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for being here, for having me. Um, I love what you're doing. It's so exciting. And I have to say that like, it is the perfect match because when you do have a lot of stuff and you're kind of drowning in your own abundance of stuff, the perfect solution is to declutter and then you have more cash and less stuff and there's so many good things happen. So it's, it's a really great, um, you know, it's a great progression to go through. You know, I don't know if you know, Amanda, I've, I've read that up like up to 10% of Americans have a storage unit, like 10% oh of American families, right? Whoa. I believe it. We live in the suburbs and it's like every time there's new construction, we're like, is it going to be a Chipotle? Ah, storage. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's such a common thing, you know, and there's no judgment, but a lot of people, you know, they they don't visit their storage unit. They, they think they get into the trap, right? So they think, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to have this for a month or two, right? We're in between places or, you know, we're just, we, parents have passed away. So they take on all this stuff. It's only temporary, but then the years pass and it gets harder and harder to get into that. And so it's just like thousands and thousands of dollars are just going down the drain, Um, you know, with these storage units. And that's, I mean, that's just one way that we, um, you know, that we suffer financially from our clutter. So isn't it great if we can actually sell it and make some money instead of it costing us money, we can actually make some money and, you know, use that for that vacation or paying off the debt or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do with that. So yeah, I'm a big fan of selling your clutter for 
for cash for sure. Um, yeah, I know a lot of times people, you know, that's the other thing. People want to sell their stuff and, but they're like, well, I don't know how to get started. Right. Yeah. Like it seems like so much work, especially if you have a lot of stuff. What do I sell? Where do I sell it? How do I price it? You know, mm -hmm. like all so these questions. questions. Yeah, exactly. All these questions come up and um, and then you kind of shut down because you don't know where to, you know, where to start. Um, you know, and I have a couple ideas about how you can get started, you know, and just okay. how you can kind of you really need to kind of put your blinders on because, um, you know, if you're looking at so many things and so many options you have to kind of narrow it down so that you can focus and so you can you know get busy and actually sell some stuff so um the first thing is like to figure out like what do you have that you can sell right mm -hmm. like a lot of people have collections of things and maybe they have actually um collected these items because they consider them investments, whether it's Beanie Babies or, you know, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the collector's edition XYZ or whatever it is, um, you know, and a lot of the time, unfortunately, that kind of stuff is not worth that much. Right. And, um, you know, you can find out on eBay, like it's pretty easy to do a quick search on eBay. You can do you can search completed listings and figure out exactly if the item that you have, you know, that particular Beanie Baby, you know, in the condition that you have it in, is it actually selling? You know, if it's selling for $2.99, it's probably not worth the trouble, right? Right. You know, and everybody has this vision of, oh, it's worth a hundred bucks, but you know, and it may or may not be. So you really need to like figure that out and just be honest with yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's okay if you bought it 10 years ago and you thought it was gonna appreciate and you were wrong, you know, it's okay. It's it totally is okay. Fine. You don't have to have shame about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, kind of figure out like what's, what's one thing that you can sell, you know, and just really try one thing at a time. So I have, um, you know, a couple ideas, things that do sell well. Um, sporting equipment is really easy to sell, especially if it's right. like newer, like either like I've sold soccer cleats, um, you know, and equipment and things like that. Um, so that kind of thing sells pretty well, especially like kids soccer equipment. Um, clothing is a really big one, right? Like kids yeah. clothes or designer clothes or whatever. Um, you know, you can put them in lots or you can sell them a piece at a time. That kind of thing is, is usually pretty easy to sell. Um, baby gear is another one that's really good, especially if it's newer, right? Like some people only buy used baby stuff because they only need it for a year or two, right? Mm, right. Right. And then you don't have to store it. You probably did that, right? Oh yeah. We always buy, we typically buy all our baby stuff secondhand, gently used, but then by the time it gets through our three girls, it's like yeah, curb alert worthy. <laughs> right. But there's been actually a few things that like last week I've just been walking through the house and I'm like, we have too many toys. I snap pictures on my phone, listed on Facebook marketplace, and I've sold three things. Love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, so easy with stuff that's actually sellable. <laughs> Mm hmm. Yeah, you just keep it super simple. Like I love Facebook Marketplace for that reason, because you can you just use your phone and, you know, five minutes. Right. And you've yes. got it listed like five yes. minutes. Uh, and that's the other thing you want to do. You want to decide like you want to pick one um, one platform. So, you know, don't be selling on eBay and Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and Poshmark. Like you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> at least not at the right. beginning. Like a, an Excel spreadsheet to organize yourself then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So just pick one to start. Um, you know, do you want to ship or do you want people to come and pick things up? Do you want to meet people? 
Right. Um, you know, kind of decide like where where are you most comfortable? You know, some people just love marketplace and that's all they do, and that works out great. And so other people are like, you know what? I don't want to meet people. Um, you know, and you have to be ready for people to not show up, right? And you have to you just yeah. have to expect that they're not all going to show up. Um, some people are going to want, you know, more details, just be like really clear about what you will and won't do. You know, no, I'm not going to take extra pictures of the inside of the, you know, of the, of the dollhouse. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. This is, I love that you're talking about this because my husband and I talk about that all the time, how I get frustrated. It's like, it was a $5 baby toy. <laughs> I don't need every angle. Like, Stop questioning. Exactly. You know, people <laughs> want to know, and it's okay for them to want to know. It's okay for you to say no. I can't. I can't do that for you. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh yeah. And I mean, even just like holding on to things. You know, my policy is always. You know, when can you be here? And, and you know, the first person who's willing to come is the one that gets it. And I just don't do holds. So, oh, um, I need to. Yeah, we did. We got into a hold situation last week, yeah. and I got chewed out over a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> It never, it never ends well. <laughs> the dramas that can come up. Yeah. And they're just never grateful when you do that kind of stuff for them anyway. So um, <laughs> save yourself some time and some grief and just kind of expect that people are not going to, you know, if, if they do cooperate and it goes smoothly, then it's wonderful. But if they don't, at least you're not surprised. Right. Because right. it's not always going to go smoothly. So that's, and that's okay. So um, picking one platform. Pick and one. kind of starting with some of these easier things to sell. Yes, absolutely. You know, and like, like whatever, whatever you have a lot of and it's in good condition, like that's the first, you know, like the yeah. easiest thing to sell. Like even, um, you know, like the like kitchen gear, like mixers, if you have like a blender, extra crock pot, um, you know, maybe some of the higher end KitchenAid mixer, like you could do really well with that. And then yes. not only that, you're going to free up a whole cupboard, right? right? Like, it can really be a huge win, you know, in both directions. So um, that kind of stuff as well. I mean, you'd be surprised actually about what people will buy. <laughs> it's unbelievable when you just sort of, you put on your marketing hat, your salesperson hat, you know, people are selling, you know, mystery boxes of craft supplies and, you know, <laughs> just the most random things. You can sell that stuff if you get creative and if you spin a really good story around it. So yeah. Um, it's pretty fun, actually. Would you would you say that there's any other hot spots around the house that usually have a lot of low hanging fruit of like items you probably haven't used in a while and could go, but you're just not dealing with it? Yes, yeah. So definitely, um, you know, furniture is a really good one, especially like if you're moving, like you guys said. Um, if you have some furniture that's you know either it's brand new, you know, it's in really good shape, or even if it's not in great shape, a lot of time you'll be able to sell that, you know, and obviously you're not going to get what you paid for it, but that's okay. Right. And then you don't have to move that item. And I've sold couches and chairs and, you know, really big coffee tables. And I was just thrilled to get 50 bucks, you know, from this particular coffee table or whatever it was, you know, and someone else was really happy to get this nice coffee table. So um, that kind of thing works out really well. And, um, you know, just free up so much space. So I love, I love furniture actually. Um, even like appliances, you know, if you're upgrading for some reason, or if you find yourself with a second fridge, you know, that's a great thing to, to pass on, you know, and get a couple extra bucks. Save on your car. Right. You don't always have to like feel obligated to plug it into the garage. And mm -hmm. so many households, it's like, they've got the deep freeze, the big, mm -hmm. the big fridge, the garage fridge. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I think like just looking at your stuff and going, yeah, I can have the, you know, the Vitamix and the blender and the food processor and the second blender, you know, like, yeah, we can have all that stuff, but life's actually a little simpler when we don't have all of those things. And it's really not that bad. Like maybe we only need one appliance to do what four are doing right now. You know, and I free up the space and the money and um, I don't need every single different item or different kitchen gadget or, you know, my kids don't need, you know, 100 toys or 500 toys. They probably only need 10 or 20 and they might even be happier with fewer toys. Like that's the irony of the whole thing. Right. Less they just, more. they love them more. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Whenever we like hide most of the toys. It's just crazy. The kids enjoy them more and there's less mess in my house. So mm-hmm. now I just permanently hide most of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so, so interesting. Once you start looking around and once you're willing, you know, what can we, what can we let go of? Like what's, what do we actually not like? Like you may have things in your home that you actually don't even like, you know, and maybe you and Jonathan haven't talked about it recently, but um, I remember at one point, when I was still before my divorce, before when I was still married, you know, I was like, what can we get rid of? And, and my husband said, you know, I don't really like that bookcase. And I was like, really? I don't like it either. Let's get rid of it. You know, but we had just never had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, that's fantastic. So you might be surprised at what you can find to get rid of once you start looking around, you know, with that eye of maybe, you know, maybe all these things don't have to stay here. Right. Because they're kind of part of the landscape, right? Like just the things that you have in your home, you probably don't have a second thought about, well, do I like this? Do I use this? Do I want this or not? So when you start asking the question, you might be surprised at what you come up with. Totally. I think even just, yeah, a thoughtful kind of perusal through your house, just kind of walking through each room and saying, what's like one thing in here that could go right now? Mm-hmm. Just a great way to get started. And you'll probably grab the, one of the easiest things to part with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not really the time to dive into sorting through your childhood photo book. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Yeah. I've tried yeah. that before when decluttering and like, those are the tough things. You don't start with those. Right. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's so addictive. Like once you sell the first thing, you're like, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again. Like what else can we sell? So um, that will just build the momentum and then it becomes like a game. Right. And you just start enjoying seeing the white space in your home. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, A couple other things just to be aware or to like to pay attention to. You want to take like good photos. So, you know, Mm. make sure the lighting is good. Make sure there's like nothing in the background, Um, you know, maybe kind of um, clean things up a little bit if you can, you know, just take some decent photos, more than one photo, not a blurry photo, you know, like you see these things on Facebook and you're like, how is anyone ever going to buy this? Like, right. It's like, there's like a crumpled up like McDonald's wrapper in the background and like boxer shorts on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like, why would I buy from this slob? (laughs) It just makes you think like the item will be broke or dirty or not taken yeah. care of. But a person with a background that looks clean and tidy, it gives you a feeling like they've taken care of this item. Yes, definitely. And it yeah. was stored in a home that was, you know, taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. It gives your buyers confidence. Exactly. Like it's just you want the picture to be 
pretty good. As you know, as good as possible. You don't need to go out and get the fancy camera out. You know, the right. phone is great, but just you know, if it's blurry, take a couple more. Um, yeah, you know, write a good description, like how big is the item? What, is, what color is it? Like, you know, maybe even tell like a little story, like what are you using this for? What what? Why would somebody want this? Why is this special? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that will help to make your item interesting and attractive to people. Totally. I mean, I've even seen people like write a car description on Craigslist or something that goes viral because <laughs> right. they just get yes. so into the description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your stuff will get more attention that way and that will get more eyeballs on it and you'll have a better chance of selling. Right. As opposed to just like pickup is here, right. no holds. Right. <laughs> Round puppy table. 20 bucks. Like, right. Okay. Giving a little more detail. Again, it's like this mark from a marketing perspective, people want to see something and interact with a seller who seems like they've cared about it and that they've taken care of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like this piece of junk collecting dust or whatever. And yes, right. Even if it was like you've taken mm-hmm. the time to make it presentable mm-hmm. and sellable. Yeah, absolutely. I have a student that just is a, she's a genius at selling things on you know, garage sales and Facebook marketplace. And she says she has people who actually follow her just for her descriptions, but oh my gosh, uh, like nice. she'll sell, I think she sold some cleaners and she had this whole story about why they were, you know, this, these were great cleaners and they were moving so they didn't need them anymore. You know, so, you know, it kind of made sense to people and people are like dying to get her stuff because she makes it so interesting and it, she makes it sound so valuable. I mean, that's what we need to do, right? We need to show that these things are valuable, even though they are used. Um, there's still lots of life left and it's a great deal, right? Maybe it was, you know, maybe it was this much new. And so you're getting it at 75% off. Yeah. Like we can help people see why this is a good deal. Yeah. And you know why they should pay for it. And give a reason of like why you're no longer using it. Mm-hmm. Not because you hate it or it's no val- no no value. It doesn't work. Broken <laughs> <laughs> toys. Yeah, exactly. If you've moved to a new chapter in your life. There's not room for this anymore. Yeah. And so people can understand that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you've given us some ideas of kind of where to look for items in our home and kind of what items might be good starting off with and um, choosing one platform to make it simple focusing in on taking those good pictures and actually putting a little bit of thought into that description. Again, we don't need to write a a novel, um, but just a little bit of thought there. Anything else on how to turn our clutter into that cash that we so could use in the summertime? Well, I think you really just have to, um, you have to be willing to do like a little trial and error, right? So let's say you list something and, you know, you, you think you have a good price, reasonable that will sell and nothing happens. You know, don't don't give up at that point. Try something different. Maybe change the price. Maybe change the title. You know, take it down. Wait a week. Put it back up. Try something else. Like, um, you're not necessarily going to have exactly what you want. You know, the result that you want right away. But that's okay. You know, and if you keep working at it, you can keep refining it. See how many inquiries you get. Um, you know, just be willing for it to not work out exactly the way you want at the beginning, and um, you will get better at this. And actually probably pretty quickly if you have the time and if you're willing to, you know, do a little bit of experimenting, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not always going to work out the, the first time, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep going and you can't earn some, some good cash from it. So right. just be willing. Yeah. I love that you said that because yeah, there is a learning curve to it 
to maybe whatever platform you pick. There's different strategies on kind of what to do. I remember back in the day, I sold clothes on eBay, but I didn't remember that you need to also pay for that shipping. Shipping, yeah, right. And whereas Craigslist might have been a better platform for me because I would have profited more than a dollar for all of my clothes. Yeah, right. I learned the lesson and it was trial and error. And now I know those types of things. Or you kind of learn how to navigate some of the folks that you're going to encounter on a, that are buying. Like you, you've mentioned like no holds and different, you know, you're just not going to go to all these lengths to get them one extra angle or something. You've had to learn that because you probably at one point had an experience where mm-hmm. yeah. you did all that and then maybe they were a no-show. Right, right, exactly. All that trouble and then they don't even come. Yes, we've had the gamut of stories. I mean, this winter, actually, I was selling, again, just like a bookshelf or something, and somebody was so interested in it and begged for me to hold it. And then it was just one excuse after the next, even to the point, I think their final excuse was that they accidentally ran their dog over as they were coming over to get it. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, that's tragic if it happened, but it was getting to the point where I think it was like all a joke. (laughs) Wow. We're going to encounter people like that. And now because of that, we, we nixed the holding rule. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good one. (laughs) You need to get it out, you know, first come first serve. And, um, you know, that makes people show up quicker too. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, we had a piano, there used to be a piano right behind me here and I didn't, I actually tried to sell it and nobody, nobody wants pianos, unfortunately. Right. Um, so I decided I was just going to give it away and, you know, I had, so I don't know. Immediately, I probably had five people who wanted it. And I was like, first come, first serve. And these people, they were there within the hour. Mm. If you have something that people want, yeah. they will come. <laughs> so, and I just kind of always trust that the right person's going to show up. Yeah. It's all going to work out. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing these tips with us. I, I know so many people, like in the summertime, there's just, um, you know, road trips or opportunities come up and it's like, ah, I forgot to squeeze that into the budget. But it's so easy to just kind of pull the lever of turning your clutter into cash. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of this, it has this double blessing of not only helping you with whatever that goal was financially that you wanted to save for. Um, but then you also freed up space in your home, which then frees up space in your mind, mm-hmm. your emotions. I mean, yeah, we just, I think everybody does well, better. They're a better version of themselves in a decluttered, less stressful atmosphere. Absolutely. When it's cluttered. I mean, there's probably studies on this. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys are ready to cash in on this and go around your house, take that walk, pick up a few items and implement some of these tips that Sarah shared with us please go do that and come back into the comments of this live and let us know what it was that you sold and how you went about doing it and what the, what the profits that it brought in ended up helping you be able to say yes to. So come back, let us know, share your story and thank you guys for joining us. And if you have any questions, pop them down below and we'll be back to join you in the comments. But again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us here on the episode and we will be in touch. Very good. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Walletwin program at walletwin.com. Music in this episode's from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.